Hello listeners, welcome to another episode of Activate God's Purpose, where we yield our humanity to God's divinity. Today I want to talk about fragrant offering, the fragrant offering, the irreplaceable gift. The fragrant offering, the irreplaceable gift. Now, who or what can be irreplaceable? It's got to be Jesus. And he's not a what, right? He's a who. But there are the things that he has done on this earth that he's still doing by his presence, by the Holy Spirit. And because of him, we have salvation. And because of him, we're able to get God's attention. And because of him, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. We cannot take Jesus out of the equation. The world system has tried to take Jesus out of the equation. It's not going to work. He is real. He exists and he's coming back. We have heard a lot about his miracles. And some people say that doesn't exist anymore. That that was the time when he walked on the earth physically. That is a lie. His signs and his wonders are still possible. They still exist. They are still happening. There are too many witnesses around this world. People who were blind and now see. People who were deaf but now hear. People who were dead, they rose up from the dead. There are too many signs, too many wonders. I understand that there are also some fake signs going around, but... We should leave that to God. He will deal with that and he will deal with those types of people who use other kinds of spirits to imitate the power of Jesus. All authority, all power belongs to God. At some point, God will settle the matter. At some point, God will settle the issue. So that's not for us to worry about. What we need to focus on is that Jesus is real. He is, he was the fragrant offering, died on the cross, rose again. He's fragrant. His offering is fragrant because God looked at the offering, looked at the shed blood of Jesus, how Jesus offered his life. He asked God in Gethsemane, he said, this is, this is tough. Can this cup pass me by? If only it will. He said, but God, your will be done. He offered himself to God and said, let your will be done. If this is what you want for me, to go die on the cross, to save humanity, to save mankind, then that is what I will do. I can sense the agony of it. I can sense the pain. I can sense the torture. I know I'm going to be slaughtered. And I know I will not, as an offering, I will not, as a sacrifice, I will not, lift a finger against humanity. I, I know I'm going to be crucified, stripped. My flesh is going to be rooted from, the, my, ba- from my back. A, a crown of thorns planted on, on my head. Nails will be born into my hands and my feet. My side will be pierced with a sword. I will bleed and I will feel pain beyond measure beyond description. But if this is what you want me to do, O God, 
I will do it. Fragrant offering. Fragrant, why? Because that is the only offering. Jesus is the only offering that God accepts for the sake of mankind to reconcile mankind to himself. That was the and the only offering and it's fragrant to God because he shed his own son's blood. It is a sacrifice where God shed his own son's blood for us, for humanity. And that is why the offering is fragrant. That is why the the sacrifice is fragrant to him. And it is irreplaceable. It is irreplaceable. You cannot replace Jesus. We cannot replace what Jesus did. It's impossible. There is no other savior but Jesus. But Jesus the Christ. I I don't want to talk too much. I want to read scriptures out to you. And I pray to God that you will go and search out these scriptures. And these scriptures are about Jesus. And going into 2022, going into the future, going into what the world has become and is becoming, going into what the systems of this world are going to roll out on this earth. You have to decide whose kingdom you're going to belong to. Whose kingdom? The Bible says, choose ye this day who you will serve. Will you be of the kingdom of Jesus or of the kingdom of the world? Will you be protected by the kingdom of Jesus? Or do you somehow think that you will gain protection from the kingdoms and the systems of this world? Huh. There's stuff that is going to be rolled out. And depending on which kingdom you belong to, the kingdom of this world or the kingdom of Jesus will determine how the stuff that is rolled out will affect you. So I don't want to talk too much today. I just want to give you scriptures about Jesus. Scriptures to remind you if you already know about him. Scriptures to 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 inform you if you don't know about him and if you're not sure about him. But you have to hear this because Jesus is coming soon. And because there's going to be a collision of his kingdom and the kingdom of this world and Jesus's kingdom is going to win. Belong to the right kingdom. So let me tell you about this Jesus, this fragrant offering, this fragrant sacrifice, this irreplaceable gift that God gave us, that God gave to mankind to bring us back to him and back into his kingdom. I hope you'll search out these scriptures and do your own research. I don't want to preach or talk or teach today. I just want to read the scriptures because it is the scripture that gives life. It is not about religion. Jesus is not about religion. The Bible says the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. The spirit of God gives life. The spirit of Jesus gives life. The Holy Spirit gives life. 
and life to set us free. And free indeed. So, let's start. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Which kingdom do you belong to? Will that kingdom give you eternal life? John 14 verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you want God, and I mean the real God, if you want God, Jesus is the way. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the door. Jesus is the key to the Father. John 1, 14. And the Word became flesh. That is, Jesus became flesh. God became flesh for our sakes so that he could be crucified. So that mankind can be reconciled to him. And the Word became flesh. The Word is Jesus. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is truth. Jesus is righteous. Jesus is just. Jesus is not a lie. Yes, there are many prophets, but they are not Jesus. Many religious leaders but they're not Jesus. He is in a class of his own. He is irreplaceable. He is a gift to this world. He is the fragrant, acceptable offering to God for the sake of and on behalf of mankind. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's why I said, it, it says in John 1, 14, and the word became flesh. The word, the word, the word, the word is Jesus. And he was there from the beginning and he was with God. Acts chapter four, verse 12. And there is salvation in no one else. There is salvation in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven, no other name, no other name, my brother, no other name, my sister, no other name, listener, under heaven, given among men, Men can bring you all kinds of names. Men can bring you all types of religions, all types of beliefs, all types of values, all types of paths to follow, all types of systems to follow and be locked into. But Acts chapter 4 verse 12, it says, and there is salvation in no one else. Remember John 1 14, Jesus, he, the, the 
he's the, he's the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. It is in Jesus that truth lies in. No other name but his name. Under heaven, given among men, by which we must be saved. By which we must be saved. There's no other name. We can pretend that there is. We can convince ourselves that there's another name. We can lie to ourselves that, that there's another name, but there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Fragrant offering, fragrant sacrifice, irreplaceable gift. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. For there is one God, and there's one mediator, God and men, the man, Jesus Christ. Between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ. There is one God, and there's one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ, Jesus. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. For there is one God, one God, one and there's one mediator between God, between that God, the only God. There's only one mediator between him, between him and mankind. Between God and us. And that is the man, Christ Jesus. Why? Because he is irreplaceable. One-time sacrifice. One-time offering. He's good enough for God. One time. It means that he's good enough for the whole world one time. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is a free gift. The world system will make us pay. What the world offers us will make us pay. What Satan, what the devil, satanic worship offers us will make us pay. Men and women, whatever they give us, will make us pay. Right? But Jesus was a free gift, free offering, free sacrifice, free irreplaceable gift. And in him is eternal life. In Christ Jesus our Lord is free salvation, free redemption, Free deliverance. Free reconciliation to God. We can't even reciprocate that. Nobody can copy that. And he gives us eternal life. And sin will bring death. So we want to get away from sin. But we'll see further on how Jesus carried sin for our sakes and gave us freedom. In Isaiah 53 verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace and with his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53 verse 5. But he 
was wounded. Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was wounded for our sins. The wages of our sin were placed on him. This is why he is a fragrant offering. He is the ultimate sacrifice. He is the irreplaceable gift. Who else will take on our transgressions? Who else will take on our sins? Especially seeing that sin will bring death. Sin will bring bondage. We all sin. We all have sinned. But there's a difference when you sin and you have Jesus in your life because you can ask him for forgiveness. You can ask him to wash you in his blood. And the Holy Spirit, because you have Jesus, will empower you to continue this walk in him. To, will, will perfect you as you go. You become better and better when you accept Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He helps you with your sins. So don't say, I can't. Because yes, you can. Why? Because of him and through him. Yes, you can. John 15, verse 13 says, well, let me read Isaiah 53, verse 5 again. It says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. He gives us peace. He brings us peace. And we are healed. John 15, 13 Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And that's what Jesus did for us. He laid his life down for us. Hebrews 1, 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he, uphold, he, he upholds the universe by the word of his power, after making purification for sins, he sat at the right hand of the majesty on high. He is the radiance of the glory of God. There's nobody else that is the radiance of the glory of God. There's no other being that is the radiance of the glory of God. Jesus is the radiance of God. Jesus is whom we should follow. Jesus is the Son of God. And so he carries the radiance of God. Hallelujah. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. It is he that upholds the universe. He created heaven and earth. All the stuff going on around, talking about Darwinism, talking about science said this, science said that. I'm not condemning science. But at the end of the day, it is Jesus who upholds the universe by the word of his power or by the power of his word. And he is the word. It is Jesus who is holding things together. It is the Holy Spirit who is holding things together. It is God the Father, the only God, who is holding things together. Hmm. Fragrant offering. Fragrant sacrifice, irreplaceable gift. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For our sake, 
He made him to be sin who knew no sin. Because of us, God made Jesus to be sin. Jesus who knew no sin, now knew sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Do you understand now the sacrifice, the offering? And why you cannot replace Jesus? He said, he says, for our sake, he made him to be sin. He who was sinless. So that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. We cannot become righteous on our own. It is Jesus, the sacrifice. It is Jesus, the offering. It is Jesus, the irreplaceable gift of God that makes us righteous so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, hallelujah. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God shows his love for us. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. And he showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. He was sacrificed for us, brutally crucified on our behalf. So that why? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. So that we might become the righteousness of God. So the sin that you're struggling with, don't let it overcome you. Don't let it overwhelm you. Talk to God about it. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Talk to Jesus. That's why he died. He came to take that away from you so that you can become the righteousness of God, so that you can have eternal life. You don't have to be perfect before. Jesus already died. He knew we were going to sin. Nothing takes him by surprise. So you don't try to be perfect on your own. Seek his help. Understand that this is why he died, to crush that sin, to crush the power of sin over your life. And he, he, and, so, and, and he died so that in him, in Christ Jesus, not outside him, you cannot take him out of the equation. So that in him, because God looks at his sacrifice, God looks at Jesus and because of Jesus, we might become the, sac the righteousness of God. Romans 10 verse 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Don't allow anything or anyone. Anything of the past. Anything that has been done to you. Anything that you have done to fool you that you cannot believe and be saved. God is waiting for you. Jesus is waiting for you. The Holy Spirit is waiting for you. Yes, just make the decision. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 2. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up 
he gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. A fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Oh, hallelujah. Irreplaceable gift. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. He gave himself. He was, he was willing. He did it. He wanted to. He knew the pain it was going to cause him. But he gave himself. He was a willing sacrifice. He gave himself up for us. A fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Tell me, my brother. Tell me, my sister. Who will do that for you? Which God will do that for you? Which Savior will do that for you? To go to that extent. Who will do that for you? Which kingdom will do that for you? The kingdom of this world? The systems of this world? John chapter 8 verse 24. I told you that you die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Do you want to die in your sins, my brother? Do you want to die in your sins, my sister? Do you want to die in your sins, listener? I don't think so. I don't think so. Anybody who wants to die in their sins, it means that they're really, really far gone. That they're gone. The Bible calls them reprobate minds. Gone. I mean gone. Don't die in your sins. Jesus died for you. Don't make his death and sacrifice for you become useless in your life. That is your choice, your decision, not his. He has given you the value of life. He has given you the value of eternal life. And 2022 is coming and you can walk into 2022 with the value of that eternal life. Nobody has to die in their sin. The answer is Jesus. The answer is Jesus. The answer is Jesus. Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So if you belong to the kingdom of the world or you belong to the the kingdom of the devil or whatever kingdom it is that you belong in, Jesus is saying here, I am the one who has all authority. I am the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. So whose authority do you want to be under? The one who has all authority? Or the one whose authority is limited? Because the one who has all authority, who is Jesus Christ, will win at the end. He will win. All kingdoms will bow down to him. Every tongue, every nation, every land will confess that he is Lord. So why don't you bow down now? Why don't you confess now? Why don't you believe now and enjoy his kingdom? Enjoy his sacrifice. Enjoy the gift that he is. We're about to celebrate Christmas. Why? Because even though the world has made, made Christmas become something else, something else, my goodness. At the end of the day, the truth of the matter is 
Jesus is the real gift. Jesus is the real gift to the world. Jesus is the real gift to the world. He is irreplaceable. He is irreplaceable. And he has eternal life ready for you and I. And all we have to do is believe, is confess and believe. John 10, 11. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Jesus is, he knows who he is. He is not confused. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Let me ask you, my brother, my sister. Let me ask you, listener. The kingdom you follow. The people you follow. The systems you follow. The journeys, the paths that you follow. Is there a good shepherd? Is there a good shepherd watching over you every breath you take? Is there a good shepherd offering you eternal life with God the Father? Is there a shepherd who will lay his life down for you, for your loved ones, for the world? The system that you're in, the system you believe in, the system that you wake up to every morning, the kingdom that you wake up to every morning, because there are many kingdoms. Which one do you belong to? The one that you belong to, does that one have the good shepherd? Is that one ruled by the good shepherd? Is there a shepherd in that kingdom that will lay his life down for you? Titus chapter 2 verse 13. Waiting for our blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. What is your hope, my brother? What is your hope, my sister? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting to appear in your life, in your destiny, in your purpose, in every area of your life? What are you waiting for? When we who believe in Jesus, this is what we wait for. Our blessed hope. Who is our blessed hope? What is our blessed hope? The fragrant offering that is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The irreplaceable gift that is Jesus Christ. The fragrant sacrifice that is Jesus Christ. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is our hope. This is why, you know, people go around saying all these crazy Christians all these people who believe in God, all these people who believe in Jesus, and you call us crazy, and you say the things that we do are crazy and are lies, and if we have a misstep, you condemn and you judge us, and you say, look at them, they call themselves Christians. Yes, we call ourselves Christians, unashamed, and we appear crazy to the world because we have a hope. Even when we cry, we have peace. We go through the storm, we have peace. Why? Because we are waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why we laugh in the eye of the storm. We soar on eagle's wings. We have strength when we are weak. We are rich when we are poor. We laugh when we are sad. We don't go into depression. 
We know that he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. No, no, we don't go crazy. No, we don't get depressed. Because he has given us sound minds. He's given us the minds of a fortress. We are bombarded on all sides. We are persecuted, but we are unashamed of him. We know the appearing that we wait for. We know the Jesus that we wait for. In the kingdom that you are in, in the system that you're in, my brother, my sister, what are you waiting for? What is your hope? What does it do for you? Does it bring you joy or depression? Does it give you life or, 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 or make you feel suicidal? Does it give you hope or make you feel hopeless? Can it make you laugh in the eye of the storm? The thing that you're waiting for, the, 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 the being that you're waiting for, the being in the kingdom that you're in, the thing you worship or idolize. Hmm. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. He is our solid rock. He is the founder of our faith. He perfects our faith. He grows us. He is unmovable, unshakable. All power belongs to him. He upholds the world by the power of his word. So he's the founder and the perfecter of our faith. This is why come to him if you feel weak. Come to him if you can't conquer a sin. You want to come to him, but you feel ashamed. You want to come to him, but you feel guilty. You want to come to him, but you feel filthy. You want to come to him, but you're afraid of what people will say. He is the founder and the perfecter of our faith. You want to come to him, but you're not sure if you'll finish the race. If you're good enough. If you can do this. Can you be a Christian? What Christianity is literally is the follower of Jesus Christ. That's what Christianity is. But when you come to the understanding that he is the founder and the perfecter of your faith, of, of what you believe, then you know you have hope. Then you know you can do this. Not by your strength, not by your might, but because he is the founder, the rock, and the perfecter of our faith, the one who died on the cross and rose again. He is the founder and the perfecter of our faith. It continues to say, who for the joy that was set before him, you see, even Jesus had something set before him. Just like when we believe in him, we have something set before us, the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. We have salvation set before us. We have deliverance set before us. We have peace, joy set before us, no matter what. We endure, we suffer long because of what is set before us. What is set before us? Eternal life. Life with God, life with Jesus, life with the Holy Spirit. He says, who for the joy that was set before him. What was set before him? To be seated at the right hand of God. To reconcile mankind to God. That is the joy that was set before Jesus. He endured the cross. Despising the shame. He didn't care about the shame. He took on the shame. <laughs> because he knew what was set before him. Do you know what is set before you, my brother? Do you know what is set before you, my sister? And is seated 
at the right hand of the throne of God. He knew what was set before him, that he would be seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Where will you be seated, my brother? Where will you be seated, my sister? What are you looking forward to? What is ahead for you? What is life after death for you? What does it look like? What will it look like? Your decisions today will determine that. Your life today will determine that. Whether or not you accept Jesus Christ will determine that. Hebrews 13 verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He's not going to change. He's not going to change his word. He's not going to change who he is for you or for me. His word is settled. Everything Jesus has done for us is settled. God is not a manipulator and he's not going to, he's not uh, unstable. He's not going to change his word for you and I. And he gave us the ultimate sacrifice, his son, Jesus Christ, so that we can get it right. He gave us the irreplaceable gift that is Jesus Christ so that we can have life eternal. And God is there to help us. Jesus is there to help us. The Holy Spirit is there to help us. Day by day, we grow. He perfects us. We become better and better at following Jesus the Christ. We become better at becoming Christians. We become Christians. We grow into it. We have to be determined to be Christians. It's not easy. Don't let anybody lie to you because it, it goes against everything we've been taught, everything we know. It goes against the systems and the kingdoms of this world. Isaiah 53 verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. You see, Jesus already did the work. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Everything you're feeling now, Jesus died for. Everything you're feeling now, he nailed to that cross and said, it is finished. It is finished, my brother. It is finished, my sister. It is finished, finished, listener. It is finished. He nailed it. Whatever you're feeling now, he nailed it at that cross. He gave you life and life abundantly. Everything else, everyone else comes to kill, to destroy. But Jesus came that you and I might have life. He is the irreplaceable gift of God to us. You cannot replace Jesus with anything else. You cannot replace Jesus with anybody else. And it is his fragrance, the fragrance of his suffering, the fragrance of his sacrifice that God sees, that, gives, that makes us righteous to God, that gives us eternal life, that brings down God's compassion and mercy to us that brings down God's goodness to us, that brings down God's patience to us, that brings down God's unconditional love to us. No matter how far gone, God says, I'm here. Why? Because of the irreplaceable gift of Jesus, that is Jesus Christ. 
the fragrant offering that is Jesus Christ, the, sa- the fragrant sacrifice that is Jesus Christ. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He himself, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. You see, he's already done it for us. He's already done it for us. He bore our sins. So whatever sins you had yesterday, whatever sins you had today, whatever sins you're going to have tomorrow, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He bore those sins already, your sins of yesterday, your sins of today, your sins of tomorrow. So don't be afraid. Don't shy away from him. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. He himself bore our body. Uh, sorry, let me read that again. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. By the wounds of Jesus, his wounds that he bore on the cross for you and I, we have been healed. We have been redeemed. We have been saved. We have been delivered. So what is the healing you're looking for? What is the salvation you're looking for? What is the deliverance that you're looking for? Jesus already nailed it to the cross. Excuse me. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ. See, God does nothing outside Christ. You cannot follow God and take Christ out of the picture. You cannot follow God and take Jesus out of the picture. You cannot follow God and say, I don't want to hear the name of Jesus. You cannot follow God and equate Jesus to man or to other prophets. It's not possible. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ, in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has good works for us. He prepared those good works beforehand so that we might walk in them. But how do we do this? We confess Jesus and we believe. Jesus enters our lives. The Holy Spirit fills us and equips us to do this good work that God has prepared for us beforehand because we are his workmanship. But it comes through Jesus. It comes through the Holy Spirit. It comes through God the Father. No other kingdom, no one else and nothing else. John 6, 51, I am the live bread that came down from heaven. This is Jesus talking. I am the live bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. In other words, if you partake of Jesus, if you believe and you confess and you embrace him, he says you will live forever What is the ultimate thing that mankind is really looking for at the end of the day? With all the things we accumulate, 
with all the things that we gain, what are we looking for? Life. Life. The things that people do to survive. The things that we human beings do just to have life, just to live life. The thing we're looking for, the fulfillment we're looking for is in Jesus Christ. So how do we then say he doesn't exist? How do we then refuse to say his name? How do we then refuse to follow him? He is the bread. He is the life that we're looking for. And nothing else will replace him. Nothing else can replace him. He is a gift that we're looking for, that we thirst for, that we hunger for. We want to live forever. It is through him. Eternity is through Jesus Christ. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. John 6, 51. For I am the life, I am the live bread that, come, that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of the, this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. He gave us his flesh. He sacrificed his body. He sacrificed his body for you and I. That we might have this gift of life. His body is an irreplaceable gift to us, to mankind, sacrificed for us. A fragrant offering to God. So when God looks at us through him, through Jesus, he sees righteousness because of Jesus. So that we can have lives that are fulfilled. Lives that are complete. And so that we can live forever. He does not wish that any will perish. God does not wish for anybody to perish. So he gave us this fragrant offering, this fragrant sacrifice, this irreplaceable gift, who is Jesus Christ. Luke 11, sorry, Luke chapter 2 verse 11. For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. You want to celebrate Christmas? The real gift is God. The real gift is Jesus. The real gift is the Holy Spirit. Came down in flesh. Allowed himself to be born of a virgin of his own creation. Bore him and birthed him. So that he could walk this earth and understand our humanity. But not sin. He did not sin. And once he understood our humanity, he said, God, hmm, I am Jesus. I am the son that you sent. I wish this cup would pass me by, but that's okay. I will take it on. I will die on the cross for humanity, for mankind. I see their weaknesses. I see their sin. I see that they cannot save themselves. I see that if we leave them to themselves, Nobody will make eternal life in heaven. They will not make it. So I will become the ultimate sacrifice. I will become the irreplaceable gift. I will become the fragrant offering. I will become the fragrant sacrifice so that when you look at me, you can have mercy on mankind. When you look at me and the sacrifice you sacrificed me, your son. You can have compassion on mankind. You will have compassion 
on mankind. You will love them unconditionally. A savior who is Christ the Lord. If you really want to know what Christmas is about or should be about, that's what it's about. Luke 2.11 For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That's who we should be celebrating. The world should take a day off for Jesus. Not a day off to serve other kingdoms and worship other things, and follow other things. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Luke 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Are you lost? He came for you. Jesus came for you. Stop avoiding him. Stop avoiding him. Embrace him. John 8, 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Are you in darkness, my brother? Are you in darkness, my sister? Are you in darkness, listener? Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Allow Jesus to be your light. Allow him to be your light and that darkness will flee. It will not stay, cannot stay in your life. Not when the light of Jesus penetrates your life. The darkness cannot stay. He says, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Are you not tired of walking in darkness? The world is getting darker and darker. It's becoming more and more evil. But Jesus promises light, not just any light, the light. He's the light of the world, not just any light that can be diminished. He is the light that died for you and I. He is the light that is the good shepherd. He is the light who was born unto us the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. He is the light that will give us life and life abundantly. He is the light that God looks at. And because he is the light that is the righteousness that God sees, saves us and gives us eternal life. John 1, 3, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. The things that we human beings go and worship, the people that we go and worship, they were made by him. Why not worship the creator? Why worship the created? Why not follow the creator? Why, why follow the created? Why? Why give everything of ourselves to the created? Why not give everything of ourselves to the one who created us? All things were made through him, were made through Jesus. And without him, without Jesus, not anything made that, that was made was not anything made that was made. Without him was not anything made that was made. Let me read that again. Without him was not anything made that was made. So come back to your maker. 
Stop worshiping the made. The thing that was made, the thing that was created. Hmm. John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Hmm. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. A lot of people are afraid to die. A lot of things have died in our lives. Some of us are alive, but we walk around like we're dead already. Like the grave is calling us. And Jesus is saying, I am the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Jesus gives life. That's why he says he's the bread. He's the living bread. He's the live bread. His flesh gave us life. His blood gave us life. And life eternal, if we so choose. That's why he says, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Eternal life. You want life? You want to live? It's in Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus Christ. John 16, verse 33. John 16, 33. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. These scriptures that God has used me to read to you, is to get to this point in John 16, 33, where you know that in Christ Jesus, you have peace. It's in him that you have peace. Christmas is here and people say, peace on earth. Well, which, what kind of peace? Jesus is peace. So when you confess and you believe and you receive him, you receive peace. Peace, peace. He is peace. He is a person. He is peace. I have said these things to you that in me, that is in him, Jesus, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. We see tribulation all over. Tribulation everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. It says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And this is why I keep asking you, my brother, I keep asking you, my sister, which kingdom do you belong to? Which kingdom do you believe in? Which kingdom do you choose? Because Jesus has overcome the world. No matter how terrible things look now, no matter how bad they are, no matter how it appears as though evil has taken over, at the end of the day, Jesus has overcome all that. All power, all authority still belongs to him. The Bible says that God is not mocked. Evil is having its dance right now. But believe you me when I tell you that even the devil knows that his day is coming. His day is coming. People who do wickedness, who do evil, who practice evil, they know that their day is coming. They know. Their systems, they know that their day is coming. They know. 
So are you going to follow them? Or are you going to follow Jesus? Who has overcome the world? And the day will come when Jesus will speak. His power will speak. His authority will speak. His kingdom will come. And it will be very clear. The question is, whose side are we going to be in or be on? Which kingdom are we going to be in? Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him. Jesus is able to save you and I, the world, to the uttermost. Those who draw unto him. Do you choose to draw near him? Do you choose to come through him? Do you choose to come through him? Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him. You see, it has to be through Jesus. And he will save you to the uttermost. God will save you to the uttermost. But it takes coming near to Jesus. And through him, God will save you. God will give you eternal life. God will not do anything outside of Jesus. God will not do anything outside of Jesus. God will not do anything outside of Jesus. And he says, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Why will God not do anything outside Jesus? Apart from the fact that Jesus is his son, his, his, his ultimate sacrifice for humanity, his fragrant offering for humanity, this irreplaceable gift that is Jesus that he gave to us. Not only did he stop there, but Jesus is he, God does things through Jesus because even after all that, when Jesus went back to heaven and is now seated at the right hand of God. He is still making intercession for us. He is still pleading to God for us as if dying on the cross wasn't enough. So God does everything through him. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. This is where God wants us to get to. This is the point that God wants us to get to, where we understand. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm Christian. I follow God. I follow Jesus. And by the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit, and because of the sacrifice that Jesus made for me, I am determined to follow and to live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
Will you make the same choice? Will you make the same decision today? Will you make that decision today? Jesus crucified for you and I. Crucified for the world. We can get to a point where we say it is no longer I who live. But Christ who lives in me. And that's why people think real Christians are crazy. They think that Christians raising the dead... Christians opening deaf ears, Christians uh, uh, um, healing blind eyes. I'm talking about real people who truly are led by the Holy Spirit because the Bible says those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God, are the true sons of God. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. So God the Father made the sacrifice. Jesus crucified and raised, raised from the dead or rose from the dead, was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He goes to heaven and the Holy Spirit comes down and the Holy Spirit leads us. And it is those who are led by the Spirit of God. They are the true sons and daughters of God. And the Holy Spirit perfects our faith, perfects our faith, perfects our faith. Because Jesus is the founder of our faith. Right? And we get to a point where we say, it is no longer I. I used to do this. I used to be that. I struggle with this, but I'm better now. Why? Because it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And I might look crazy to the world. I might sound crazy to the world, but it's okay. I am unashamed of Jesus because I know what he has done in my life and for my life. And he says, and the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God. I have evidence of who He is. The disciples said, that which we have seen, that which we have handled, that which we have tasted. They said, how can we go back? We can't go back. Go back to what? Go back to who? Go back to what system? Go back to the lies? Go back to the half-measured truths? Go back to the appearances of light, but yet they're darkness. Go back to the appearances of, 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 of sheep, but yet they're wolves in sheep clothing. Go back to what? The theatrics? The lies? No. And the life I now live in. Huh. In this flesh that I'm in, I live it by faith. By faith in the Son of God. By faith in Jesus. The irreplaceable gift of God. The fragrant offering of God. The sacrifice of God. The Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Who loved you and gave himself for you. Who loved the world and gave himself for the world. I'm going to call out all the scriptures that I just read so that in your own time, you can go through them and understand this Jesus and what he has done for you and I and for this world. This world that we worship so much that we refuse to come to Jesus. 
Here are the scriptures. John 3, 16. John 14, verse 6. John 1, 14. Let me uh, start again. John chapter 3, verse 16. John chapter 14, verse 6. John chapter 1, verse 14. John chapter 1, verse 1. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Isaiah 5, chapter, sorry, Isaiah chapter, <laughs> Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. John chapter 15, verse 13. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. John chapter 8, verse 24. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. John 10, verse 11. Titus chapter 2, verse 13. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Isaiah 53, verse 4. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. John chapter 6, verse 51. Luke chapter 2, verse 11. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. John 8, verse 12. John chapter 1, verse 3. Sorry, I should have said John chapter 8, verse 12. John chapter 1, verse 3. John chapter 11, verse 25. John chapter 16, verse 33. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. And Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Read these scriptures, study them. Study Jesus. Study what he did for you. Study who he is. Know that he is indeed the Son of God and that he is true and that he is real. And it is only him and through him that God will give us eternal life. It is only him and through him that God will give us eternal life. So enter 2022 with Jesus. Enter with him. Enter 2022 with Jesus. God bless you. God keep you. God causes his face to shine upon you. Please feel free to write to activategodspurpose at gmail.com if you have any questions or any thoughts. Activategodspurpose at gmail.com. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. May the irreplaceable gift that is Jesus Christ, who is Jesus Christ, become a reality and a truth in your life your precious life, your valuable life, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.
in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.